Blog Talk Radio. This is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swim. Time. It is Monday night, Attitude Air Live time. We are here on 89.1 Ken's FM as we are every Monday night. Of course, I am your host, the icon, with his friends. I do believe we have Matthias with us. Yep, I am here on for another great show on 89.1 Ken's FM. And I did not hear if our other co host was going to be here or not. He didn't say that he wasn't, so I don't know if he's on the way or whatever he's up to, but. I guess you and I can handle it, right? Oh, yeah, as we always do. Well, anyway, let's uh, let's kind of catch everybody up on what's going on here. We have three guests tonight, and it's going to be a big show. Uh, we have uh, Keith Migra, and he is an American actor, and he's going to talk to us about uh, some of the movies that he's been in. We have Abby London. She's a musician, and she's going to tell us about the songs that she wrote and... The one I've been waiting for for several months. We have Joey D'Aria. You know him better as Bozo T. Clown. And he's going to tell us what the T stands for when he joins us in the air in the next hour. So let's catch everybody up on what's going on. As everybody may know, my second nephew got married this last weekend. However, I, I love my nephew, but I will say that the wedding was not as entertaining as mine was. And I don't think anybody uh, anybody's wedding could be, obviously. And I also found out today that I got promoted at my other job. So I'm moving up in the company. So they, uh, they, they did a little video conference. I got congratulated by uh, a couple of people higher up at the, my other job. And I am proud to say that I will be moving up and making a little more money. So I can continue to fund our show because I'll be making the money. And Matthias, what's up with you, man? Uh, you know, just you know, working hard and cashing checks, snapping necks, that kind of thing, and uh, continue to rehab the knee as always, and continue to go to physical therapy and stuff like that. So you know, just just rehabbing the knee, working, and getting ready, uh, getting ready to get back in the ring as soon as possible. How's that knee coming? Well, as of right now, uh, we decided to end physical therapy. Uh, my strength is coming back uh, at a good rate. Um, it's not 100% yet with stabilize. It will never be 100% with stabilization. Uh, I just got to keep working on the muscle that controls my kneecap from moving. And when that gets to 100%, then I'll be 100% ring ready. That could be God knows how long that could take. But my general knee strength is back up, so it's just basically going to keep working out at the gym and just keep going, and it could be a while till I'm 100%, but I guess, who knows, it all depends on the knee. And the good news is it sounds like it's not going to be career-ending then, right? Well, as of not right now, it isn't. Uh, I can get back into the ring for a while, but the uh, second it blows out again, it could end my career, as, you know, anybody that gets injured, if they can repeat the injury, it could get any worse, and it could cause me to end my career, but... If it ends up uh, appearing again and it just keeps becoming a problem, then I'll have to just keep doing therapy. And if not, I'm just going to say to heck with it, and I'm just going to do the surgery, which they'll drill through my femur and insert a cadaver to keep my kneecap straight. And then by that time, I think it'll be time to uh, call her quits because if 
Because if I have that bone in there and that breaks and it just continues to be readjusted or keeps moving, then I don't know what I'm going to do, and I really don't want it to affect my entire life. But I guess we'll see what happens in the future. Well, with that being said, and all the options that you have in front of you, are you willing to risk it or not? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, as, as a wrestler, I always do that. Like, I, if I could, like, honestly, I would die in the middle of that ring. I would gladly have a heart attack right as soon as I win the World Heavyweight Championship. I could fall asleep right then and there and not wake up. Uh, a wrestler's dream is to continue wrestling until their body says, don't do it anymore, you can't go anymore. Until I physically cannot compete, I will not stop wrestling. But if my knee were to blow out to the point where I can barely walk, and it's going to take a while to get back up there to the walking area. I'd still like to walk my wife down the aisle. I'd still like to walk my, my daughter down the aisle that I have. I'd like to uh, get around to all of that. So if, if it comes to the point where I'm not going to be able to walk, then, yes, I will happily end it. But if I could, I'm going to go to my body says, can't do it anymore, Matthias. You're done. You did one hell of a job. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about Jim Cowboy? There's someone that's uh, on the line. Hello, Big Swing. How are you? Good. Uh, for the record, I didn't press that button. Um, I was waiting oh, I'm for sure Matthias to finish. I'm sure, no, I'm I was sure waiting you did. Matthias to finish his story because I, I actually I have a knee injury as well, not as recent as his, but um, a similar injury. I don't think it was quite as bad, but it was the same actual injury, you know, in a nutshell. And uh, and yeah, I know exactly you know, how he feels about it. I mean, you know, mine was, I don't know, shit. Oh, shoot, 15 years hey. ago, something like that. Mine was a while ago, and uh, I still, to this day, playing in men's league basketball games, things like that. I mean, I'm I'm, 100, I'm well over 100%. I still wear braces, and I still, I'm still, it, it, it's always the mental game in the back of your mind that, you know, it, 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 if I don't wear the brace, it's going to happen again, even though it probably won't. There's always a chance, but you know what I mean? So I get what he's going through with the mental aspect of it uh, as well as the physical. So, I mean, obviously, well wishes for that. And, you know, luckily I didn't need surgery, and it sounds like he may not. But uh, but hopefully, you know, you know, once and, you have uh, a dislocation, you know, once you have a dislocation, it always is in the back of your mind, and it, it's not pleasant. Did you guys hear the latest news that uh, Aaron Rodgers got hurt tonight during the game? He's done. Well, I'm actually covering it. I'm sitting here in the in the studio because we're actually the official home of the uh, the New York Jets, unfortunately. And uh, <laughs> I don't mean I say unfortunately because it, it's been it, it's it's just a somber mood in here every fall. But uh, you know, it, it's got it now. Is Yankees suck? Obviously, the Giants uh, are, are are stinky, and uh, which helped me last night a lot. Um, but not so much the people around the station. And now the Jets, uh, obviously, all that hype around Aaron Rodgers in the third play of the game, and he's uh, he's out for the foreseeable future. So um, I don't know how long it'll be. Uh, news I'm getting here, for those of you who may be interested in New York teams, news I'm getting here into the station is that next, uh, x-rays were negative on Rodgers, which is good. Um, so no breaks, no nothing like that. But uh, they do fear that it may be an Achilles. So obviously, if it's an Achilles, he's done for the year. If it's just a high ankle sprain, he'll probably miss a couple weeks and and you know be well, back again. But we don't know. You know, you don't you don't you don't want to wish anything bad on anybody. But um, no, of course. Uh, Nightmare, you can uh, be on my side on this. As Viking fans, we didn't really like Aaron Rodgers. 
Well, I mean, of course, you never like an opponent when he's really good. It's just like when anybody gets in the ring with me. They hate that I'm so good. They hate that I keep beating them. I keep making them tap out. I keep make, I keep pinning them one, two, three. I keep putting them down so they get annoyed. So it's basically when a Viking get on the field with Aaron Rodgers, he's honestly, he's one of the, and I, and I hate to say it, but he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. He's been so talented um, throughout the years and being in his age, and he could still go pretty good. Um, of course, he's not the best to go out there in the entire world. I have a different opinion on that, but yeah. he, he is one of the good ones. He is one of the good ones, and, I mean, he did very, very, very well as a Packer. I mean, with hopefully this injury isn't too bad. Like you said, you never want to wish pain onto somebody. You Maybe sometimes, but more personal reasons. Uh-huh. But, but Aaron Rodgers is – I'm definitely hoping for him. I'm definitely praying for him. You know, hopefully he's not too bad so he can go out there and continue being a Jet. The, the, the crazy you know, thing like, about it was listening to it here on the radio when he came out and he led the team out with the American flag and all that stuff, you know, for the September 11th thing. I couldn't even hear the commentators. I was trying to EQ it here at the station to, to, to turn it up properly uh, because you couldn't hear it. It was just so electric in there. It was just, you know, and then literally four plays into the game and you could hear a pin drop. It sounded like the announcers were screaming. Uh, and, you know, it, it's just the swing of emotions. But uh, real quick, I because I know we got guests and stuff. For me... Now, are you uh, going to be with us the entire show, though? Can you hang on um, or not? In and out, yes. But, uh, you know, obviously I have to cover this game. But uh, but for me, this this helps out. Uh, me um, and, and and like you said, you don't want to wish this on anybody, but for me, it's the best case scenario, and I'll tell you why. Uh, my father is a Jets fan, uh, the poor guy. And uh, last time we went to a game, Cowboys Jets, it was down in MetLife, and it was the 10 year anniversary of September 11th. And uh, obviously, the Jets pulled that one out. Uh, you know, despite being down 24-10 in the fourth, they pulled it out. Uh, now we are going to Dallas next week. And uh, next Monday I may not be on just because we'll probably be on a plane back from Dallas. But we, yeah, so, so, so we are going to Dallas next week for the Jets-Cowboys game. Uh, both were excited. Uh, I was a little nervous because we haven't been able to beat Aaron Rodgers, much like you guys have it. Um, and now, obviously, I'm a little bit more confident with our performance last night as a Cowboy fan and uh, with now possibly Zach Wilson back there. But, uh, but yes, uh, we're going to Dallas next week. Um, it's going to be fun, Jets, Cowboys, so uh, I'm excited. But uh, I do have to ask you guys, uh, Icon, and, and, um, and then I'll let you guys go about your about normal schedule. Okay, well, I'll let, still, I'll let you go about your normal schedule programming here in a second because i got to pop the games back on, so i got to pop in for a second. But uh, the, the opening week for you guys with all the hype going on uh, with your off-season additions and things like that, uh, did, did you not uh, break a television or anything around your house yesterday with Baker Mayfield, the Bucks coming in there? Did, did you throw anything? Did you see any obscenities? Or? Well, I, I, was, I, was at a, I was at a wedding, so I couldn't throw anything. Oh, you okay. However, okay. however, as an Ohio State Buckeyes fan, I don't like Baker Mayfield at all. So there you go. Well, I bet yes, yes. A lot of a lot of uh, Ohio State fans don't. And for those of you who don't get the reference, go on and type in in YouTube Baker Mayfield Ohio State, and you'll you'll get it uh, pretty quickly as to why. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's week one. It's goofy, you know. Week one is always weird, um, and week one really, in the grand scheme of things, does not matter. Um, I think the Vikings are a talented team. I think you guys got your hands full with the Lions this year. 
but I don't think the Bears are going to be worth anything, and I don't think Jordan Love is sustainable with the Packers. So I think it's a two-team division, Vikings and Lions. So we will uh, we will see what happens with that. But uh, you know, as long as the Eagles lose and my Cowboys keep winning, I'll, I'll be I'll be a happy camper. So. All right, um, so that you, yeah. you should be pulling us for you should be pulling for us next week then when we play the Eagles. I I oh you got the Eagles week two ooh um yes I I you know it's funny I was telling my friend uh, the first time ever in my life I was rooting for the Patriots um, even when I lived in New Hampshire like I I was still a Cowboys fan I was rooting for the Patriots and I'll tell you three chances at the end of the game and the and they 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 flubbed up all of them. And uh, you know that that was that was the chance to get the Eagles to start 0 and 2, and uh, I mean excuse me 0 and 1, and uh, just didn't happen. So uh, obviously yes, I will be rooting heavy for Minnesota this week, um, and uh, I would hate to see you guys you know go 0 and 2. I know it's going to be a tough division oh, for wait. you. So yes, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I hear you. So I'm rooting heavy, rooting heavy for him. Um, I will tell you this: right. I'm very excited. We have Trey Lance, and I'm very excited. We have Hunter Lepke. He's been very good for us. I know it's a Bison from NDSU uh, out Hunter there. Lukey. Le- 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 yeah, he made Luke. the team. He was a undrafted. Oh, Lukey. Uh, he-, he was a undrafted free agent, and uh, and 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 ended up making the team, making the 53 man. So I'm excited to see what he can do at fullback. And um, and yeah, you know, I'm 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 happy about it. Um, I'm happy All with right. the direction of everything, and go from there. So. Well, it looks like our first guest is on the on the uh, thing here, Beautiful. so we're going to take a quick little commercial break, and we yep, will yep. be back having some message. So stick with us, all right? And uh, big swing, right. uh, drop in uh, for our. If you want to talk to Bozo the Clown, uh, join us uh, for the third guest, all right? I'll keep you posted right. on that. All right. All right. So we're going to take a little break. We'll be right back. Have these messages. Stick with us for our first guest, and here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. He is a actor. He is a producer. He is a director. And his name is not Migraine. I found that out. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest at this time is Keith Migra. Hey, it's Keith Migra. You're listening to the Attitude Era on a Monday, live Monday on 89.1 Tens FM. How do you like that? With the icon Ted Zing and the Big Swing? Look at that. And the modern nightmare Mathis. I'm in I'm in the presence of greatness. How you doing, man? Good to have you with us. Thank you for joining us. Take your time out of your schedule. Oh no, I'm super excited. I, I am I am so I'm so happy you said uh, I wasn't gonna give anybody a migraine because that's probably the funniest story I've ever told anybody about getting a radio interview before. <laughs> Well, you know, if you remember when I made you that uh, guest card here, we we got Keith Myers our guest here. We got about thirty minutes here with Keith. Now, if you remember when I first made you that guest card, uh, the autocorrect spelled your last name Migraine, and you thought I was dissing you, and you like that's not funny. It's like I didn't do it. It was autocorrect. It wasn't me. I was dying. Well, actually, so two so two days before you reached out to me, I got. A, I got an email from a scammer, actually, 
and they were like, we want you to come on this TV show. You know, it's based in Cleveland. If you come out here, we can, you know, we're going to send you a limo. And it's going to be cool. And I'm like, all right, yeah, that sounds, you know, that sounds fun. And they're like, you know, five, you know, like 20 minutes before there's going to be a car at your house. And I'm like, cool. And uh, sure enough, there was nobody there. And I'm like, oh, this is a scam. Like I wasted my time. They were trying to get stuff. So I was like, oh, just, I was reeling in from that. And then I was like, oh, this guy doesn't really know who I am. He doesn't care. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm glad yeah. that you're here. So here's what we're going to do here. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then we'll do yeah. a roundtable, and then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. But first, we need you to give us a little background about yourself. Sure. So I've, uh, I've obviously born and raised Cleveland. That's uh, from the land. So, uh, you know, when I started doing podcasts with, you know, Peyton Hillis and Matt Tift and, and all the, you know, pretty big, I guess, Cleveland, you know, past stars that were that were pretty big when uh, you know when it was was my time to shine for the Browns, and um, so when we started doing uh, shows with Hillis, that's when I started getting into the acting because when he came back to Cleveland, um, I was the first like our show was the first one to like introduce him, you know, like hey I'm back I'm living in Cleveland now this is what we're doing, and uh, as soon as that first episode came out. I was getting, I mean, we were getting calls from ESPN. We were getting calls from everybody. So Hillis blew back up and then, you know, Cleveland really embraced him. And then we started getting, we started getting, uh, you know, phone calls from producers and directors and they're like, Hey, you guys want this, this. And so sure enough, we started the acting and that's kind of how I fell into acting. Other than that, I have a, I have a business degree and I come from a, a long line of entrepreneurs. So I got into the business aspect first and the acting came later. Oh, you came from a long line. I thought you were American. That's a joke, by the way. You know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, we have uh, <laughs> we have Keith Myers, I guess. Now, I'm going to ask you about a few of your movies, and we'll go to Matthias, and uh, we'll come back to me. Sure. You know, you you got. A, it looks like you got a lot of projects coming up in the next year, it says, uh, and we get our information from imdb.com, at least our producer does, sure. it says you got 10 yeah. upcoming projects, and let us know if that, is that correct or is that inaccurate? Yeah. No, no, that's right. So you have, uh, you have one uh, movie that was named after me, Pest Control Z. Uh, you have 12 yeah. <laughs> so gone. Place and Power Rogue's Quest. That sounds like a video game. Uh, you have right. Murder by Association. The Emerald Forest. I didn't know if uh, we were going back to Wizard of Oz or not. ATM, ATM. And we have the American Dream and Legend of Melon Heads. I can't wait to talk yep. about that. Uh, uh, are you sponsored by the candy and Forsaken Past? <laughs> so you got a lot of stuff going on. How do you keep all that straight? It's it's, it's been difficult. I got really good uh, people around me that help keep my schedule ready. And uh, I just got uh, I just got a pretty good manager, pretty good agent, so he knows what he's doing. And real good friends with Eric Roberts, um, and uh, he kind of took me under his wing a little bit. So Jeff, Julia Roberts' brother, the guy from The Dark Knight, um, and uh, so he kind of took me under the wing and, and doing a lot of stuff. So he's been showing me the ropes, and it's been fun. So can you hook me up with my hero, Eric Roberts? That's right. You want to talk to him? <laughs> I do. As a matter of fact... He is, uh, he's, his name has been mentioned so many times on this show because of really? all the people that we've interviewed that he's been yeah. in films with. I asked, can you hook me up with my hero? Can you hook me up with my hero? What do I need to do? I'll bring you your coffee. I'll bring your cap, whatever it is. <laughs> can you hook me up with my hero? Yeah, and everybody says, I'll try. And then everybody's yeah. like, well, 
you know, we played the tape of the of, of the interview, and he's like, well, he can't compete with that. What? So yeah, if you can hook me up with, with my that. hero, Eric Roberts, I would. I'm well. I'm ready for everything you get for being on the show. But if you can hook me up with my hero. Any way possible, even if it's for him to call in and say he doesn't like me or doesn't want to talk to me, <laughs> or call and say, "Hey, is this the icon? This is Eric Roberts? I'm hanging up on you now." I, I, it would be perfect. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I will. I'll, uh, I'll, have, to, I'll have to reach out to him. All right. Well, hopefully you don't have to be like a lot of people. Well, I'm going to have to reach out really far to get no. Okay, I, I know you. <laughs> no, I, I, I know you know. So uh, I'm going to introduce. <laughs> All right, cool. And then uh, you have my phone number. I'll text it to you and everything, and we'll go from there. And for those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, like that. Go to 89.1 Ken's FM page, like that. Do a $10 a month donation to Power the Tower. We'll get you qualified to win an autograph picture from a past guest, current guest, or future guest. And I do believe that uh, you have sent us some or you are going to send us some, I do believe. Definitely sending, yeah, I'm sending you some. You guys need uh, the headshots, right? Right, exactly. Uh, and Or somebody say we need a shot in the head. But anyway, uh, we have a Keith <laughs> Migers, I guess, here. We have uh, 25 minutes here. Now, I'm going to introduce you to uh, my co-host, uh, Matthias. And uh, there's actually a movie that you did that was named after him, I believe. It's called The Unnatural. So, Matthias, what do you got? <laughs> Go ahead. <clears throat> well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed NSE World Tag Team Champion, and soon again to be APW World Heavyweight Champion and NSE World Heavyweight Champion, along with BZW World Tag Team Champion and EWI. An EWI Diamond Champion and Honorary Member of the New World Order, Matthias. Yes, welcome onto my part of the program. Um, Whoa! As I, yeah, I was gonna say I've got quite the intro. I know, um, but anyway, I guess <laughs> that's no my part of the segment. But no ego. It's called self confidence. Anyway, so that's right. My that's main, right. My my main question to you would be. Um, yeah. As you, as many people do interviews and stuff, this question gets asked a decent amount, and you know you'll get a varied answer depending on who you ask and stuff like that. So, I gotta ask, who is one of your biggest heroes in life or influences that helped you get into uh, the career that you decided to do, being movies and stuff like that? And you can't say me because that'd be too easy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, I owe. Uh, I probably owe. The way my life is right now and where I'm at in my career, I probably owe everything. Not probably, I do. I owe everything to Peyton Hillis. Um, when we became friends and started doing the podcast, I mean, I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't super well-known around here. I, I didn't have a, a lot of connections. And uh, he basically took a chance on a fan from Cleveland who reached out to him and asked if he would do a, a podcast with me. And then it was the first time I turned on the, like, we did the podcast and I was, you know, they go, do you want to look at the numbers? And I said, sure. Like, I'm, I would be interested in what it got. And it reached 437,000 people and I almost threw up. And I was like, whole, you know, it was, it was crazy. He, he elevated me into a new realm that I wasn't, um, I guess I wasn't ready for, I wasn't prepared for. And uh, he showed me the ropes and he told, he, he basically showed me how to, you know, set etiquette. He showed me how to do things the right way. He told me how to talk to people the right way, you know, and, and he told me to always keep myself grounded. So I, I owe pretty much everything to Peyton Hillis. 
And then, uh, so I believe if I if I am correct in this information, you've been on like both you've been on both sides of camera. You've experienced basically the whole the whole process of video making and stuff like that. Every single position. Yeah, so I've uh, so I've directed two feature films and I've directed one TV show, um, and then I own a production company in Cleveland where we shoot movies at. So they actually come to Cleveland. We got a whole movie set. I've got a whole sound studio. Um, so like I have, you know, when I first started doing this, it was all about the production. It was because that's where I came from. Is I wanted to do the production aspect of it, and I was like, you know, we could do podcasts. That would be neat. How could we get some? you know, sports people on or, you know, or some, you know, people with notoriety, let's, let's figure out how to get some different talk going on in Cleveland. And sure enough, you know, the production aspect of it, my employees started producing shows for, for big, you know, bigger name people. And next thing you know, is, is I'm hosting with them. And then that's when I got on the other side of the camera. Okay. And then would you say, cause like I, I've been on the same side, I've been on both sides of the camera. I've produced, right. I've edited, I've directed, I've been in front of the camera if you could choose, like, let's say you go back in time and you yeah. finally decide, like, I want to do movies as my career, would you, and right. if somebody said you could only choose one, either be behind the camera and do all the things that go with that, or you could be an actor and on all the perks and stuff that come with that, which one would you choose and why? Honestly, I would have to say acting. I, I love acting more than I love anything else that has to do with, with this industry because, you know, I, I love getting to play a different character. I love getting to, to, to play make-believe. And the best part about it is you don't have to worry about pre-production. You don't have to worry about <laughs> raising funds. You don't have to worry about getting money. You don't have to worry about any of that. So it's, exactly. it's so much easier and it's better just coming from the – I'd rather just be in front of the camera. <laughs> Perfect. And then my last question to you would be, uh, being behind the camera, whether directing, producing, writing, anything like that, what was one of your uh, – what's one of your biggest struggles, you would say, or – one of your like most like least like positions that you get to do involved with making a film. I hate producing. I, I despise it. Being a being a producer is one. If if there's ever anybody who gets a bad name in Hollywood, it's producers, and especially in the independent scene because all you're doing is constantly asking people for money twenty four seven. You're running campaigns. You're 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 basically begging people for money, and it, it sucks. It's a horrible feeling. But you know you got to have it to make the movie. You know what I mean? So it's it's a necessary exactly. evil. It, it's just oh god, I hate it so much. Makes sense. We have for sure. Mr. Mike Ezra guest here. We're on eighty nine point one Kens FM, and uh, well, we got a good chunk of time here. We got about eighteen minutes left here with our buddy. Now. The movie that uh, we we talked about, uh, Unnatural, you're you're directing it. I do believe it's currently in production right now. So what would uh, me and Matthias have? You just wrapped, okay? So uh, do you have a couple other projects that you're working on right now that uh, you're going to need actors and actors for and extras? Because me and Matthias, oh, I can't speak for Matthias, but I would love to come work for you. I'll go get your bags. I'll carry your bags. I'll get your cap. I'll do whatever you need. As long as you can give me a place to sleep on the set, throw me some hot dogs every morning, I'll come work for you. Now, what would I have to do to do that? And I'll bring Matthias with me. I'll just send you a script. I got. Uh, we're working on a western right now. Uh, it's going to be filmed. Actually, uh, most of it's going to be filmed in Cleveland, but we're going to have um, some of it filmed in Texas because we got to have ranches and stuff. It's going to be about a 28-week shoot. Uh, it's a pilot for a TV show that we're going to be pitching. So uh, when that happens, I'll send you guys a script. If you guys think you got a character, you think you like something. I mean, I just got done working with Al Snow in. Uh, 
uh, a natural. So, I mean, obviously, Matthias, we're, I mean, we're already friends, so let's go. So there you go. Now, if everybody wants to know how Keith is attached to a wrestling show, he just did a, he, he just did a thing with Al Snow. So there you go. So there's the connection. Yeah. Now, i got to ask wow. you, though, Keith. i got to ask you, yeah. Keith. Now, you, if I do this, you should know exactly what the new next. So if I were to say, O-H. I-O, buddy. <laughs> there you go. I'm a big Buckeyes fan, too. You got, I'll yeah. tell you what. It, you, you mentioned that you'll be filming in Cleveland, right? We should yeah. do it like where we can uh, come on the set. I'll even bring another buddy with me who's a big Buckeyes fan as well. We could, like, film, like, on a Thursday and Friday and then, like, maybe go to the game on Saturday and then film on a Sunday. I tell you what, I got season tickets. If you guys come down, I'll take you all to a game. All right. I, I, have, uh, I have a good friend of mine. Uh, I, I'm sure he doesn't want me to mention him on the show because I'll have to pay, like, residuals and uh, <laughs> talent fees, and he's also a Cowboys fan. I'm not talking about the guy oh. that was just on. No, I'm not talking about the guy that was on before you, uh, Big Swing. Oh, okay. He's a Cowboys fan, too, but another buddy of mine. Uh, and uh, we have a little bet all season long, but we can talk about that later. But I'll tell you what, I think that would be awesome if we could do that. Yeah, absolutely. You guys are welcome here anytime. Studio, I mean, we'll, uh, I'll send you the script, and if you guys like it, we can sit down and kind of figure out how to do it. But either way, if you guys don't like the script, still come down. I'll take you guys to a game. We can hang out and kind of get some behind-the-scenes stuff if you're interested. When, when, uh, when do you plan on starting the film? Uh, late, late January. Of, this, of 2024? Yeah. Now, are you going to film all the episodes at once, or is it, are you going to film the episodes weekly? So actually, since this is just a pitch, we're actually going to film we're going to film five episodes right in a row. So we're actually going to start with episode five, and then we're going to work our way back until we get to the actual pitch pilot, and then we're going to you know pitch the pilot to Apple and see what happens. All right, and uh, and like I say, I I'm sure Matthias. I mean, we talked about this. You and I would be perfect uh, in a western. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> You know, uh, people say with with my hair, not that you care, but with my hairstyle, I look like the way Blake Shelton used to be with the long black wavy hair. You know, I'd be I'd be a perfect cowboy. Or uh, like Matthias, if you need a if you need like a bad guy, Matthias would be perfect. Now, I could do good guy, I could do bad guy, and you know what would be yeah. even endear you to fans here in Fargo, if you cast me in a role of a guy that gets uh, taken out in the first episode. <laughs> uh, <you know. laughs> Let's do it. I, I guarantee you, every listener of this show would glue themselves to the TV. To, now, let me ask you this. <laughs> are, you, are you wanting to get this on, like, the network or, like, uh, Hulu? Or do you want to do, like, Amazon Prime or Netflix? So, so basically what we're doing now is we already have interest from Apple. So, we're, so Apple has a first right of refusal. So when we pitch it to Apple, if they, you know, they, they already wanted us to shoot this, they already said give us the concept. So we're already in talks with Apple. Um, now, however, you know, as most business goes, it, it, it depends. They have first right of refusal. So where we're going after that is, is anybody's guess. But if there was a first right of refusal – um, then, yeah, we would shop it around to bigger streamers, depending on, on what Apple said. 
Now, are you uh, are you uh, willing to tell us what the name of it might be, or is that yep. under wraps right now? No, no, it's called the Colt Brothers. Um, it's actually a spinoff of a natural. Okay. Well, hey, so, I, yeah, I, I, I moved it right in. You know, as a matter of fact, again, <laughs> not that you care, but when I was in high school, I played a uh, a deputy, Deputy Knuckles, who was uh, kind of like a cross between Barney Fife and uh, Urkel <laughs> and um, Screech from, you know, from uh, 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 Saved by the Bell. Now, that, that was my character, and... I actually tore the house. I got proof. I have this on video. I actually tore the house down. I was I was not the lead. <laughs> I was not the uh, uh, what do they call that? Uh, you have the lead actor, lead actress, and I, I was not even a supporting actor. I was uh, <laughs> I was just a guy in the cast, and everybody. I tore the house down when I did my little heart dance thing. Everybody loved. <laughs> Deputy Knuckles, and I, 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 I won an Oscar for that. The reason why I know is because I gave it to myself. <laughs> I have given myself many Oscars. Don't feel bad. You know, and I'll tell you what. Now, you, I had no idea. You, I bet you had no idea that you're going to have this much fun. Because uh, we have uh, Keith Migrants, I guess, sir. Uh, we're on 89.1 Kens FM, and, uh, well, we got until uh, 9.45 with our buddy here. So, so we don't forget this. If our fans want to check you out, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? I got it all, and it's all the same. It's just, uh, just, just my name, just Keith Migra. You can find me on Facebook. I got, uh, you know, if you want to send me a personal request, that's fine too. But I got an actress page, that's fine. Um, whatever. I like to chat with everybody, so uh, just Keith Migra on TikTok, Instagram, everything. And I don't know if you want to admit this, but you have given the icon your phone number too. That's right. Heck yeah, I did. <laughs> so, so you, now, you better be texting me. I will. I will. Well, you're you're actually the first person that said text me instead of if you ever text me again. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it and it, it is true. I mean, when I was in high school, I tried to get a date for prom. Right? I asked twelve girls out. Thirteen turned me down because one girl came up to me and said, "Don't even think about asking me." Okay, all right. <laughs> oh man, we're gonna. That's all right. I got some clubs down here in Cleveland. I'll take you to. There you go. Hey, I'd, I'd be perfect. <laughs> now, a couple of the other things I want to talk to you about. Let's the um. Let, let's go back to the unnatural. Now, you mentioned you just uh, finished filming that. How long of a shoot was that? It was a two-week shoot, actually. So and it wasn't, how long uh, it wasn't it super long. Uh, it's about ninety-eight minutes. And so. do you uh, do you know when it, it will be released? Uh, and are you going to like do it uh, like on well, like we talked about, uh, like Apple or Netflix or Amazon Prime? Are you going to put it right uh, on a Blu-ray? What what are the plans? No, it's not. It's not going to go Blu-ray, but um, Shutter is actually picking it up, so you'll be able to watch it on Shutter um, October of next year. And I was, and I'll understand if you can't, uh, if you can't answer this. Uh, we have uh, Keith yeah. Margaret as a guest here. We got about uh, ten minutes left. Now, I'll understand if you can't answer this. But when uh, someone picks up the film, like Shutter did, is it like okay, they call you and say we're interested in this film, and then you say, yeah, you can distribute it. You have to pay me X amount of dollars, 
or is it uh, do you get paid by how many people watch it, how many clicks you get, what kind of reviews you get? So, so what actually it's like a it's a weird process what happens with it. So you don't ever really talk to it like a distributor, and you, you never really sell a movie. You rent it. So like it still stays your intellectual property. It, it's just they rent it from you for, you know, something crazy. So it's basically like you sold it, but they they rent it to you for like, you you know, let's say unnatural. They're gonna rent it for the next four hundred years. Something, and it really is something ridiculous like that. And so they, they rent it for X amount of time, and that's how you end up. You know, that's how the producers get their money back. That's how any of the investors, that's how any of the point holders, you know, get their money back. And then, uh, you know, you, you can get a royalty deal with, um, you know, based on maybe how many watches or how many, you know, minutes per viewed or, you know, really anything like that um, can be in the negotiations. But it really is at the discretion of who, you know, who's making it, who made it, who's at the negotiation table, and what the goal of the movie was. And our goal was to just have them rent it outright from us for, you know, X amount of years, whatever, don't care. And then, um, you know, get the royalty deals off of, you know, how many downloads or pre-sales it would go on a, you know, once it ran its course on, you know, let's say it's a year on Shutter. Once it ran its course, then, you know, it, it goes to iTunes and it goes to, you know, then it goes to sale, then you're buying it. So there's all of that that comes into play, too. And here's one thing I was wondering if you, you thought about. Uh, let's say that there's uh, a toy company out there that's watching the movie or, like, uh, the Topps Card Company. They they contact you say, we like to make a collector set of cards of this movie, or we want to do action figures of some of the characters, or maybe we like to do, like, comic books or turn it into, like, uh, movies. or Not movies, but, like, books. Or do you have, like, plans yeah. for, like, a sequel? How do you how do you approach something like that? So so to be honest with you, because of um, because of Al Snow, that's exactly what we were thinking. Um, we were actually thinking, okay, we got Al Snow in here. He already has you know a, a fairly decent name. He has a fairly decent following. He knows what he's doing. Um, we knew you know we knew beforehand that the Netflix documentary was going to drop. So we knew that we were going to have that momentum going in. And so, yeah, we absolutely think about that stuff, like licensing deals, who would want to be on it, who could we get on it, um, you know, what what type of merchandise is, mer- you know, is, is marketable at this point in time. And, again, we, we were smart. We knew he was going to have a Netflix documentary coming out, and, and Al Snow is a great friend of mine. I talked to him three, four times a week. He's great. <clears throat> Love the man to death. Um, but he and I have his phone number, too. Oh, and, and I, has he been on yet? He, would, he loves doing interviews. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I, I he wasn't on my show, but uh, I actually got him hooked up with a another show, a guy that became my enemy, and then unfortunately, oh. uh, we had made up and decided that the the battle that we were uh, his his podcast versus my podcast, the the yeah. enemy thing that we built was ridiculous, and we made up and we were going to do stuff together, and then he passed away unfortunately. No doubt, I like it. And uh, I mean, it, it, it was it was it was sad. Now, uh, Matthias, I believe have, have you ran into El Snow at all? No, unfortunately not. I have not ran into him yet at a wrestling show, but I'm hoping one day I will just get to meet him and to you know see and just kind of pick his brain like I would do to any other superstar that I ever get to meet. So, and Keith, I got to ask you when. Uh, now, when you send out the script, is it uh, do, will you send it out uh, in like a uh, like in an armored truck uh, with a you know with a with an armed guard, or do you email it, 
or will you mail it with the script? Yeah, I'll, I'll email it. I'll email it out to you. But I mean, if I have to have an armed guard, I'm bringing Al Snow with me because clearly he's the only one that can that can handle my my small stuff. Well, you know, here's the deal though. You mentioned Al Snow. I, I don't think. Well, maybe Matthias could take him. I couldn't. But if you were to if you were to bring in if you were to bring Vince Russo, I could take him. <laughs> Have you had a chance? Have you ever met Vince Russo? No, no, I have not. <laughs> well, you're not missing anything. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, I, I have I have an issue with him, he, uh, and not that you care, but he actually uh, blocked me on Twitter, and he's got oh. me. Uh, he filed several violations claims against me on uh, YouTube. So, um, but the, the guy won't ever answer my challenge. So I don't know. Uh, but we we can talk about that later. However, uh, we have uh, Keith Meyer as our guest here. Unfortunately, we only have uh, five more minutes left with our buddy, and then uh, our next guest comes on. But one thing I do want to mention, Keith, and I'll, and I'll send you uh, our our email addresses. Um, and then, uh, like I say, I you wouldn't have to pay me, and I can't speak for Matthias because <laughs> Matthias loves his money, but. You would not have to pay me unless unless it's a success. All you got to do is give me a place to sleep out in the back lot while we're filming. That's all I ask. Perfect. I got sleeping bags and I have pillows. But I mean, you can even crash inside. We got a whole uh, we got a whole couch in there. So I mean, dibs on you for the couch. I, hey, I, I'm used to sleeping on the couch. I'm married. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> We have uh, Keith Migrant as our guest here. We only got a few minutes left. But, you know, I'll tell you what, man, you are very talented. And, you know, I, I do uh, – I, I, it's, uh, it's cool that uh, you are a, uh Ohio State Buckeye guy, and uh, you are just amazing, and I'm glad that we were able to finally hook up. Do you remember when I booked you as a guest on the show? I, I do remember. Yeah, I remember. That was, it was, what, a couple months ago? No, four or five months ago. Right, exactly. It was uh, it was about uh, six months ago, actually, when I booked you, and uh, oh, I thought man. that you, and I, I thought I had ruined the opportunity when, uh, like we talked about, autocorrect put migraine on your collector's. By the way, what did you think of that collector's card? By the way, oh, I love it. I love it. Share. I'm sharing it all over after this. I love it. <laughs> awesome. And like I say, you can use that uh, for anything you want as long as you give me credit. You know, just say, hey, I got this egomaniac guy on Fargo. He thinks I like him, but he made this for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so I'll tell you what, Keith, uh, you have been amazing. You are just absolutely a treat. And I definitely would like to get you back on again. And when uh, we're ready, when you're ready to start launching the TV show, we're going to get you back on here with us. And every week, maybe we can come and do an update, and then you can say, yeah. uh, well, you know, I finally had to throw Icon off the set again, and then he came again. back, and then we turned the hose on him, and then he came back, and then finally we, <laughs> uh, uh, finally we had to call Al Snow, and he finally took care of the guy. <laughs> He's the one that yeah, did it. He, he, he brought ahead. I'll tell you what, Keith, this is going to be the, the start of a great friendship. You are awesome, sir. I appreciate you being with us, and uh, we'll definitely have you on again, and we'll definitely be working together. I appreciate it, but thank you. Oh, man, it was absolutely amazing. Love you guys. Um, willing to come on anytime. Let me know. Stay in contact, and we'll see you soon. Take care, bud. Have a good night. All right, brother. You too. All right. Keith Miger, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, that was fun. Wasn't it, Matthias? I think I got us another gig. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right. Well, we know what's going to happen. We're going to be on TV. 
Now, let me ask you this, and uh, we, we got a few minutes before our, our next guest comes on, but if you had a choice, what would you rather do, TV or the big screen or just as long as you're part of it? Well, you know, I like to be on the uh, the bigger side of the screen, but, you know, any experience can get you uh, get you noticed out there. So, basically, it's uh, you'll take whatever you can get, like with wrestling when you're uh, – when you're a beginner, you uh, you take every little uh, booking you can get. I mean, don't be too desperate, but, you know, every once in a while you'll have to take something that's offered to you because it was offered to you, and whatever, whatever gets out there and they say, hey, we want you, um, I'll definitely come on for them, and I'll definitely perform as uh, well as I'm needed to. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and then our next guest will be on with us in just a second. So stick with us after these messages. We'll be back with our next guest, so stick around. The new Wood Spring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Which brings me to Fargo, rated 4.2 by Trust Score. Ladies and gentlemen, singing out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She's not from London, even though that's what her last name says. She has the world's most beautiful voice, and she's going to grace us right now. She is Abby London. Hey, this is Abby London. You're listening to Attitude Era Monday, live on Mondays on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. Hey, Abby, how are you? Thanks for being with us tonight. You are awesome. Thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Happy to be here. All right. Here's all we're going to do, Abby. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable, and then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. But first, we want you to give us a little background about yourself. I've been doing music as long as I could talk, and it's really been what has, I think, saved my life because I've had a lot of ups and downs, but I always knew that I had these songs in me, and so in the lowest lows, I had this driving passion inside, and um, it's just helped me to survive. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, play school was a big part of the your career at the beginning, right? Yeah, play school um, was my recording studio in middle school. So I used my sister's toy cassette player and held the microphone down, and that's how I, I started my recording career. When did, you, when did you write and record your first song? First Professionally in high school for a, a senior project, I did a five-song recording with um, uh, a friend of my father's in, in Post Falls, Idaho, by where I'm from. Now, I'm guessing uh, you probably did a lot of uh, talent shows and singing contests, right? I did talent shows. I was even in the, the paper in, in Idaho where I grew up at the high school talent show. I have a picture of me from that. And you obviously won that talent show, correct? It wasn't a competition. It was just a talent show. I don't think anybody won. 
Abby, uh, Abby yeah. Wonders, I guess. Yeah, Abby Wonder is our guest here on 89.1 Kens FM, and we got uh, 30 minutes here with Abby, and we're going to have a lot of fun here. And one thing I do think that's really interesting about uh, your career is the different, uh, the different songs that uh, you've, you've turned into mega hits. Now, of all the songs that you've done, what would you say would be your biggest? Mm. Uh, I think that's a tough one. Hysteria is is pretty well well liked just because I did that amazing mu- music video for it, and Bushes has the most streams, so probably one of those two. And you know, one song of yours that's really going to get a lot more uh, downloads now because you can actually admit it's about me. It's called "Miss Him the Most." <laughs> Yeah, I I wrote that about you because I just I hadn't seen you in a while and I just couldn't stop thinking about you and I I wrote that I didn't I hadn't even met you before but um, I just wrote it about you. So you're telling me there is a chance. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Abby Lundell, I guess, here on 89.1 Gens FM. Now, there's also a song that um, that uh, you wrote that would be kind of uh, up my co-host, uh, uh, Allie, and it's called Off the Grid because he is a wrestler, and I know that he was, uh, when he saw your picture, he uh, he wanted to know if you needed a bodyguard, if, you wanted, if you're looking for someone to become part of your security detail. So he's going to beg you to become part of your security. Matthias, what do you got? Go ahead. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed NSC World Tag Team Champion and soon-to-be APW World Heavyweight Champion, NSE World Heavyweight Champion, APW World Tag Team Champion, EWI Diamond The announcement has been paid for by the New World Order and all-out pro wrestling tag team champion, along with honorary member of the New World Order, Matthias. Welcome onto my part of the program. Uh, my main question to you would be, um, I've actually had a couple of classmates that were big into creating music and stuff, and they actually went up to, like, Nashville and stuff and ended up uh, getting some records and stuff like that uh, by the name of Tiger Lily. Um, but my main question to you would be, what was one of your uh, – was it – uh, kind of a struggle to initiate yourself into getting into music, or was it just kind of a you know I'm gonna do this, this is easy come, easy go for like I'm just gonna be like, all right, was it super easy for you to get into music, or was it kind of a struggle to like you know produce your very first hit? Yeah, um, it it's it's easy to to write a song to write a song and go perform it somewhere, but right if you want to actually get your stuff out there and market it correctly and get the sound that you want. That's what was more difficult for me because you got to find, I had to find the right producer and then I had to get real about marketing myself as well. Um, so you have to learn how to be critical of yourself and, and take, take constructive criticism. And um, so I, I'd say those are like the, the two, the two humps. Cause there's a lot of people out there that'll be like, yeah, I can record you and, then it just doesn't work. <laughs> so. 
Have you, um, there's one thing I always like to compare this to, because I, I am a professional wrestler, so I go out there and I perform in front of crowds uh, each and every weekend as much as I can, and, you know, you always get that little bit of, like, you know, can I, do, like, you get a little nervous every once in a while. Do you ever uh, find yourself getting uh, performance anxiety before you go out there to record a song or, or uh, go in there and record? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be, you know, fine at home, and then I get in there, it's, I will psych myself out sometimes, and um or once when I was filming a music video I was like freaking out and I had my director shake me I'm like will you shake me (laughs) she like shook me and then I like snapped out of it so um yeah it's it still can can hit you you know and that doesn't work with singing because your throat will be like (laughs) exactly you know so Mm -hmm. makes sense yeah like but I what right before I go out there and then it's always like you know you're you're on next you got to perform you know, the the fans out there expect you, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're, like, for me, when I'm about to hit the curtain, I'm, like, shaking, I'm nervous, but as soon as my music hits and I enter out through that curtain, I see it seems to all go away, because once you start, it helps you, but you need to actually start for you to, you know, stop freaking out, you know? Right, it's like the anticipation of it. Absolutely, um, and then, then you're like, you're like, oh, am I going to fail, am I going to fail, and then when the crowd's right behind you and they're cheering you on, or... You know, they're sitting there and they're paying attention. It just it just eases itself somehow, some way. One thing my voice teacher told me to think is, like, this is my job. This is my job. Like, I can do this. <laughs> but, Absolutely. But, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good mantra. Now, is there something that you do before you, uh, you go out on stage? Like, if you have, like, stage fright, is, like, you like picture everybody uh, topless or uh, everybody like nude or you know do you do you, do you have phobias like that or do you do you, do you do pictures like that or you just like put on sunglasses so you can't see them and you just perform? Huh. I've I've never tried picturing everybody you know with chicken heads or anything like that. It's more I think just about getting in touch with the message that I'm trying to get across and saying a prayer. I've I've done a little Tai Chi backstage before to ground myself. Um, I try to not talk to anybody before I'm going to do a big performance because I don't want to wear my voice out and just yeah, get in get in that zone. And what is your favorite part about performing? Is it the the big crowd, the roar and the thunder as you come out, the the audience participation if they start singing along to your song what is your favorite part about being in front of an audience hearing them laugh that's the best part when it's supposed to be funny hearing them laugh so do you you uh you do like a little comedy routine too when i do my big shows there's like comedy and drama some of the video, some of the songs will have like a video behind it, which might have some funny little things. And the musicians that I have, they have lines. Uh, like I have one song where I get arrested. Everybody thinks that's pretty funny. So just little things like that. Whatever I can do to add context to the song in an interesting way, because maybe people haven't heard the song before, and I don't want to be up there just like, this song's about blah, blah, blah. Like, instead, I want to do a skit before I sing the song that sets it up. So when someone comes to your show, how long 
can they expect to see you on stage? I think my last show, it was like a, a more like you're going to the theater. So I had a 45-minute act one, an intermission, and then act two, I think, was about 40 minutes. And when you're when you're out there, and if someone uh, wanted to book you for a show, how far out in advance uh, do you get booked? I would want to. It, it just really depends. I just had somebody book me a couple weeks ago for an October 10th show. So um, if I, if I want to do it, if I can do it, I'll make it happen. And if uh, there's, a, like, one location that you'd like to really perform at, uh, as far as a city, we'll start with that. What city do you really want to perform at that you have not performed at yet? And what city have you performed at that you can't wait to go back to? Oh, gosh. You know, what's funny, I haven't performed in my hometown of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, in a long time. And I think it'd be fun to do a little tour around there. And... I want to go back to Ketchikan, Alaska, and perform there. I had a really good time when I was there before. And uh, do you have a plan on, uh, are you working on any uh, current songs that uh, you can kind of let us know about? I'm always working on songs. I've got a bunch in the works at the studio. You know, today I released the cover of Can't Help Falling in Love. And the other ones I've got going, um, one's about, it's called Idaho. I think it's going to be called Idaho. And it's kind of like about you, want, you try to get away from where you're, you're from and look down a, about, uh, look, looking down upon the people there, then moving over to Seattle and then discovering that the reasons I thought I didn't like Idaho are like the reasons I think about going back there. Um, Just like the political climate, for example. And Um, uh, we have Abby Lund as our guest there. And uh, we have, uh, well, we have about 15 minutes here with Abby. And uh, for those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, like that. Go to 89.1 Ken's FM page, like that. Do a $10 a month donation to Power the Tower. We'll get you automatically qualified to win an autograph picture from a past guest, a current guest, or a future guest. Now, I believe, Abby, I believe you are sending us some, or you already did? Yeah, I'll send you some, and then also some stickers. All right. And then if our, our fans want to check you out and see you, do you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok? What do you got? I mostly do Facebook and Instagram and True. And then I also have YouTube. I post a little bit on there. And it's all at Abby London Music, and it's A-B-B-Y-L-O-N-D-O-N. All right, Abby, we need to take a a quick little break. Can you hang out with us for the next segment? I sure can. All right, we'll be back. Thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. We are listening to babe? Programming you here on our station is funded by our members and these local and area businesses. Remember when you were a kid and your mom made fresh-baked bread and you couldn't wait to get a slice of that homemade goodness? Walking into Breadsmith's of Fargo will give you that same sensation. They offer fresh-baked artisan breads made from scratch every day, baked in a huge herb oven. 
Red Smith and Fargo is located at 1617 32nd Avenue South in Fargo. They're open 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday and 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturdays. And they are also on the web at www.redsmith.com. You're listening to 89.1, Ken's FM, KNMV, Holly, Fargo-Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. And we are back. Thank you for joining us here. This is Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, and we are in hour number two, and we are going to continue our interview with the lovely and talented Abby London. So, Abby, what... uh, when you decided that uh, you were going to uh, release uh, your first album, what was your main goal? Were you like, uh, I'm like, I hope this uh, sells like a million copies. I hope it goes aluminum. I, I just hope people like it. What was your main thought when you first put out your first album? Oh, gosh. I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't have concrete goals. I was just like, I probably more like pie in the sky thinking I guess like oh this is gonna be great but like no no follow through really so I'm a lot better about actual achievable goals now um I was pretty young I was like 19 well you know I'm sure that uh, your album did better than my comedy cd when I you know I actually put out a comedy cd uh several years ago it went aluminum you know (laughs) You'll have to share that uh, to me. I want to hear it. All right. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. They're really corny jokes. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can dig up a copy and I'll send it to you. But we have uh, Abby London as our guest. And now, uh, a couple of the uh, good songs that we, we talked about, Hysteria, uh, Hysteria Anxiety, uh, the song about me and Miss Him the Most, How Can You Say, uh, Who's Going to Tell Us, uh, Off the Grid, Bushes, Dollhouse. Of all these songs, now, I'm – I'm sure they all have some type of meaning, or do they not? Like, are they, like, <laughs> tied to, like, a life event? Um, some of them are tied to life events or ideas. Like, anxiety is about, like, consumerism and the, the choices that we make with our with the things we buy and how that affects other people and ourselves. So not like about anything that happened but just just contemplating contemplating choices well you know that's good because i thought uh you were going to say that anxiety was about uh was about the interview that you had on this show i'm glad it's not <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm pretty chill and i got my cat next to me she's just she's chilling <laughs> well we gotta ask about that what kind of cat you got I have a brother and sister, Sissy and Russell, and Sissy, she has, like, a short tail, and she likes to give nose kisses, and Russell's wild, crazy, likes to climb. He uh, he likes the massage gun, and, yeah, he's a, he likes life luxuries. They, they bring me a lot of joy. And how long have you had them? About a year and a half. And so you got them when they were kittens then? I got them when they were nine months old. It was right after Christmas. Not this Christmas, but the Christmas before. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a cat person. 
And when uh, you um, when, when you're in the studio, do you ever bring the cats with you? I mean, that would be that would be awesome. You, so, you know, you have a song. It's like if you pay attention and hear me uh, meowing in the background. Oh, that would be awesome. I, I haven't, but my engineer has brought his his dog before. He has like a he he likes to get those big, huge dogs. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that would so, be awesome. So, so was your producer part of who who let the dogs out? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's his favorite song. Now you I mentioned know. that uh, you mentioned that uh, you were working on a new album and you just said you just finished it or you just recorded the the first song for your next album. When uh, can we expect that to be released? That is a good question. Um, I have like four more songs left to finish. Um, I think I'm probably looking at next year, March or something. Now, as a um, yeah, I just. Mm-hmm. One thing that we would like to do is uh, when you're about to release your album, we would like to have you come back on the show with us, and uh, we'd love to have you talk to us about that, and uh, and we, we'd love to have you pitch the album and then maybe play some of your songs when you're on the air with us a second time. Ooh, yeah, that would be great. That's awesome. And you, you mentioned in March. And how many uh, will it be? Like just a couple singles, or do you plan on putting out a full on uh, a full on album? I think it's going to be eleven or twelve songs. And what uh, will will it be? Uh, where they can actually go to like the website and buy a CD, or they will they have to just download each individual song or download the whole album? What I'll do is once all the songs are done, I'll get the album made and I'll put it for a physical copy on my website. And then I'll release the singles like a few weeks apart. So if they buy the CD, the physical copy, they can get everything. And I actually have it set up where there's some songs that aren't released yet that you can get from my website when you join and to get my emails. So. Now is there a, uh, here. Now as an artist, uh, is there a uh, do you have a thought of like um you know if you remember back in the day where they used to have uh the whole deal about Napster and downloads and stuff like that as an artist, what is your opinion on that? I've never asked an artist on that uh about that before. I'm kind of curious what your thought is on that. I think it depends where you're at in your career for for somebody who is like not a mega artist, I think if it gets people listening to your music, great. Um, and the money, because the money's not really in the the song sales as much anymore, right? You're not going to get that much from streams. The money's going to come from merchandise, concerts, um, things like Patreon, right? Subscriptions. Um, special deals so I think it's it's changed a lot um but it's also stealing <laughs> so. so let's but, take the song yeah. let's take the song history for instance let's say you put that on say uh Apple Tunes or iTunes and mm-hmm. uh it costs 99 cents to download it okay and let's say that it's downloaded 900 times, okay, that's what, 
I, I can't do math, but you don't get uh, 99 cents times 900 times, right? You don't, uh, you maybe get like a nickel of that, correct? Oh my gosh. I can't remember. I want to say it might be like 30 cents or something. You, you get some. Yeah. So yeah. So, but the I streaming. Mean, yeah. Right. Just, the yeah, streaming going to be like zero, zero. Right. Mm-hmm. So just speaking hypothetically, if you had a song at 99 cents, and it was downloaded 900 times. That's 891 bucks. I mean, that's like a, that's like what two gallons of gas nowadays, you know. So <laughs> it's really not that much. So now I got to ask you. We have uh, Ab- Abby Lunders, I guess. Here we got about uh, five six minutes later left with Abby. When you uh, are, are doing a show, when is uh, your next show, and uh, where can our fans come check you out? Uh, my next show, I'm going to be performing at a, a talk where that somebody's doing. It's a it's a political event here in Washington State in Bothell on October 10th uh, by a guy named Todd Herman. He has a podcast, and the best place for people to to check out my stuff would be my website www.abbylendonmusic.com. And I'm, I'm just kind of curious. On your website, I'm there now. Hmm. There's a uh, there's a picture of you playing a red guitar. What kind of guitar is that? Red guitar. Oh, um, well, I think not, that's it, my friend Megan's guitar. <laughs> okay. What what kind, what uh, what model of guitar do you usually like, or do you usually play? I have a little guitar. It's called a Vagabond, and it's a travel guitar, and it's just small and easy for me to play because I'm kind of little. And it was made by a guy in upstate New York makes them, so I special ordered that. And uh, how old were you when you learned how to play guitar? I started that in seventh grade. I just needed something I could bring to my bedroom so I could be by myself and write songs where no one could hear me. So it was perfect for that. Well, you know, it, it's funny you mentioned that. My uh, my wife says I sound better in the shower, and I always ask her why. She says, because no one can hear you. Aww. <laughs> it's because the acoustics are better in there. Come on. Right. I I mean, I, I sound like I'm like a whole concert hall. As, as a matter of fact, uh my shower head is actually like a speaker, so I like singing in the shower head. I mean, it doesn't reverb back, but, it, you know, it's like I'm in a big concert hall because I'm, I'm in a small arena. That's the, the restroom, the, the shower, and, uh, I mean, yep. I sound really, really good. You know, it's just too bad that uh, they can't send uh, someone to come record somebody in the shower because, like you said, the acoustics are better. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, maybe you could, you could do that. could be your next album. You could have a concert um, shower shower singing album. That would be cool. Uh, what would they call that? Wet dreams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, "There's a joke here somewhere." Thank you. You found I know, it. I, I I know there is, but I, I think we need to kind of tiptoe around it. So Abby Lunds, our guest here, and uh, real quick here. Um, so, uh, and I know we did this before, but just kind of refresh our memory where our fans can check you out, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or Twitch, or TikTok. Where, do you, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, um, so my Facebook is at Abby London Music, and I post there really regularly. I do a little, like every Tuesday I ask a question. On Wednesday you get a vocabulary word. There's just something new every day on there. 
Instagram at Abby Lundu Music. That's where I, I I have quite a few of those little short videos on there that are fun. And then I also do Truth truth, truth Social. That is hard to say. So those are the three main places. Yeah, if you can say that five times fast, that'd be like a let's be like America or something, you know. You can you can do like a song about how to say my website five times fast. And uh real quick here, we only got we only got a few minutes. There's one thing I did not ask you and I, I saved until the end. When it comes oh, to boy. music, who is your music hero as far as like a male artist and a female artist? Oh gosh. Um male artists, I really like Yay, Kanye West. And female artists, definitely growing up to Tori Amos. She's the piano rock um, extraordinaire. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Abby, you have been wonderful. I'm glad that uh, you were able to uh, take time out of your schedule tonight. And uh, we uh, we are definitely going to have you on again when your album is coming out. You know how to message me. Here's what we'll do. We'll come in. We'll have you co-host that night, and we'll maybe have you do a couple songs or singing into the phone, and uh, we'll uh, we'll open up the world to your wonderful singing voice. I love it. All right. Thanks, Abby. You were awesome. We appreciate you being here with us and taking time out of your schedule, and you were awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a good day, and I'll be thinking about your knee, Matthias. Why, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, maybe you can, maybe you can sing a song about that. Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, my knee, my knee. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Abby. We love you. Take care. Love you too. Bye. All right, that was Abby London, ladies and gentlemen. So we're just waiting for our next guest, uh, Joey Diaria, and uh, he ha- he did confirm. So we're just waiting for him uh, to call, and uh, we'll go from there. So hey, so we've had a fun show so far. It's just that, you know, when there's it's actually better, I don't know if you, how you feel about this, but it's actually better to have a third wheel, to have three of us in the studio, because, I mean, it, it just doesn't seem to, I mean, people hear me more than uh, you guys, uh, which is, is a shame, because I actually like to have more of a variety of questions, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, it's it's always tough when you're trying to look for a third person to join in on the show. I mean, I've been on here for a couple of years now, and... And with the whole granny situation, we don't know what's going on there. Um, but, um, I mean, it, it, it is kind of nice to have a third person every once in a while to kind of give an extra input. But, you know, with with things nowadays, it's just kind of difficult. And I don't know where the this guy supposedly is. But, you know, I'm just, I just came down here to do the show. And if it's got to be us two, then we'll pull through it. And if we have a third person, then, then great. You know, if we have to do a different co-host every week or if we just decide, you know, there will be a couple shows where we'll – take it head on and then we'll do it well you know maybe we could do that uh i don't know uh, maybe i could coordinate that for 2024 have like a guest host every week you know kind of like the raw anonymous general manager or something like that yeah something like that you have to turn on the show to see how uh we uh, uh see who we got on next uh speaking of uh who we got on next uh if you want to uh, uh chat a little bit i'm going to try and reach our next guest on the phone and see uh, and try and get him on, and then uh, we'll be back. So uh, go ahead, Matthias. Tell us a little bit more about uh, maybe some upcoming matches or some upcoming bookings that you got going on. Well, I suppose I will. Uh, let's see here what I got going on here 
got kind of thrown through the loop here, but uh, my next few bookings right now that I've got supposedly going on are September 23rd. I'll be in Nielsville, Wisconsin for All Out Pro Wrestling, where I'll be uh, supposedly in a triple threat match for my World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, then the next week I will be here in uh, – actually, I'll be in Laramore for a show for Below Zero. Then October 1st I'll be in Minneapolis. October 7th I will be in Montana. And uh, the 14th we'll also have Minneapolis. Uh, and the 28th we'll be at Wisconsin. The 30th I'll be going to see Fozzie live. And then I don't got any bookings up until after that except for November 18th and December 16th. So if there's any promoters out there that are listening – you know, I want to book uh, North Dakota's number one heel, the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare. Uh, just let me know, and I will definitely uh, work with you, and I definitely have a lot of open spots. I don't, I'm don't. i trying not to work every single weekend due to this, uh, this knee injury, but if you need me and you want me, I'll be there for a good price. Well, you know, and I probably shouldn't ask this, and I'll understand if you don't want to answer it, but... Do you think it'd be, uh, it's harder for uh, promoters to book you with the injury? Well, uh, no, abs- uh, actually, apparently not, because I've got a lot of promoters still asking me to come to work, because even though if I may not be able to perform 100%, uh, let's say if I can't perform 100% physically, then I'll go out there if they want me to just cut a promo, uh, and, and I, I can do that. Or if I've got to do, let's say, I'm in the middle of a match and my knee subluxates and I can't walk on it right away, it takes me a couple minutes, then I will just tell the ref, I'll go outside and I'll start jaw-jacking the crowd till my knee heals and I can get right back in and do it. I haven't been able to go 100% full force since May, uh, but but I want to continue wrestling regardless and I just got to take it a little easier and, and uh, everybody understands my situation, so they're not going to push me, push me, push me. But the fans want to sure push my buttons. But uh, that you just got to you got to perform regardless. And people still want me on, and I can't just tell them no because here's the thing: once you once you stop accepting bookings, and once you say no, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do this, then all of a sudden somebody's going to take your spot. I already lost my my APW World Heavyweight Championship back in May because of this injury. And there's no way I'm going to lose my top spot in any other company just because my knee decided to pop on me. All right, well, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. He is the man of all men. He is the most famous clown in the history of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Joey Dioria, better known as Bozo T. Clown. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. That was quite an introduction. Well, I love you, man. You are my childhood. So uh, if you want to do that promo real quick, then we're going to have some fun with you. Okay. Um, Hang on a second. Now, what what do you want me to do? Well, that little line I sent you, the little script. Oh, yeah. Hang on a second. got to find it now. I texted it (laughs) to you. You don't expect me to be here. Here it is. Uh, Blah, 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 blah. Here is your... uh, and you're listening to the attitude. Okay. That's it. That's it. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Go ahead. Hey there. This is Joey Dioria, a.k.a. WGN-TV's Bozo the Clown, reminding you that you are listening to the attitude. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. Hey, I'm just kind of curious. Uh, you you played Bozo T Clown. What does the T stand for? I don't know. 
Are, Hello? are you there? Yeah, are you there? Yeah, yeah, I lost you for a second. Okay, I, I was just kind of curious. You know, you played Bozo T. Clown. What does the T stand for? The. <laughs> I love that. We have uh, we have uh, Bozo the Clown with us, and we got 40 minutes, and we're going to have so much fun. I'm going to ask you a lot of questions, and uh, Matthias will come, and then we'll come back to me. I'll ask you a tougher question. But before we do this interview, I was just wondering if maybe, uh, you know, we're going to talk about Bozo the Clown, but we're also going to talk to Joey Diario. So do you think we can uh, get you to uh, – Take off the mask and uh, reveal yourself to the public. That almost that almost sounds risque, but okay. All right, hey, hey, you guys, we got Bozo the Clown and he's naked. No, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I, I'm going to ask you. Well, this is radio. All right, yes. Can we uh, can we do this real quick here? Uh, I, I want to get the fun stuff out of the way that I'm going to ask you. Uh, then we'll do the interview. But uh, you remember at the you used to have a little uh, uh, thing that you'd have contestants for. Do you remember that what that was called? You mean the grand prize game? Right. And then at the end of the segment, you always used to uh, do something. I w- I've always wanted to do this with you. Can we do it together? Okay. You know, thanks for playing, you know, Bozo's Grand, you oh. know, that one? Sure. I just All right, here we go. Ready? Thanks for playing. Oh. Go ahead. Bozo's Grand Prize, Prize Game. game. I, I love that. And, <laughs> hey, we just got a picture taken with our – we just got a picture taken with our new polar uh, spectra system camera. I can never say yeah. that, but – so, how, how are you doing, sir? It's good to have you with us. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I tell you, my goodness, it's been it's been a very busy time since uh, I uh, spoke with you last. Right. And one thing I'm going to have you do here, we already know who you are, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to have you give us a little background about yourself, and then, like I said, I'm going to ask you a ton of questions. Matthias is going to ask you a ton of questions. Then we're going to come back to me and ask you the tougher question before you hang up. So, go ahead. Give us a little background about yourself. Well, basically, I'm an actor. I graduated from the American Academy of Dramatic Arts uh, in New York City in uh, 1972. Uh, I later went on to Miamisburg, Ohio, where I was working in dinner theater. And uh, let's see, from there, I, I moved on to Denver, Colorado. And from Colorado, I, I, I headed out to the West Coast, uh, to California, and uh, I was taking some improv comedy classes, and um, it was very interesting. One day, somebody came into the class and said, uh, Chuck Barris is so desperate for acts for the gong show that he's paying after a minimum, which is the television actors' union. And back then, it was like 150 bucks, and that was my rent. So, yes, I had an apartment in Beverly Hills, and my rent was $150 a month. So are you saying that Chuck that Barris once paid your rent? Well, in a matter of speaking, uh, because I came up with one stupid act a month, and uh, I would walk away, and within two weeks, I'd get a check for 150 bucks. Well, let me what ask you this. Me, though, was when I actually won. Well, let me ask you this. When, uh, when you got those checks, were they signed by him? No. No, they were signed by his, his company. And uh, did you happen to do any photocopies of those checks or keep the check stubs? No, I cashed them so fast it would have made your head spin. (laughs) 
Now, uh, the the main thing that we we want to talk about, and uh, you, you've done you've done so many things. We'll, we'll we'll definitely touch on all the other stuff, like you know your parents on the TV show Alice. I've seen you now. You know you've been with David Letterman, Jay Leno. Uh, you've been on uh, with Chuck Barris. I mean, you, you've you've covered the you've covered the gamut. But the main the main thing that everybody would know know you for, would you say, is obviously Bozo the Clown, right? Yes, I would say so. Mm-hmm. Now, when you first uh, tried out for the part, I believe you you had no idea that you had got the part when you got it, right? Well, uh, yeah. Basically, um, after I had my audition, because I was still living in Los Angeles at the time, and they flew me out to Chicago for the audition. And the last thing they said to me before they, 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 uh, they put me on the plane to go home was, we have to make a decision by the end of this week. And so two weeks went by, and I figured I didn't get it. And about a month later, I get a call asking me to come back to Chicago. And I, I was surprised. I went, is this a callback? You know, do you want to see me again? And they went, hmm? oh, no, 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 we want to hire you. So I was, I was pretty stunned by that. So now did you just like uh, – did you like commute for a while, or did you uh, – do you have to say, honey – we need to move to Chicago. Well, it, it, it was something like that. Basically, um, we were getting our son ready for school, and the phone rang, and Al Hall, the producer, called me and said, uh, we'd, we'd like you to do the show. And I went, hang on a second. And I turned to my wife and said, how do you feel about moving to Chicago? And she said, yes. So I said, yes, sure, I'll be right out. Oh, so, so it wasn't no... Uh... She she did say, well, I'll tell you what, you you go ahead, you go out there, and then uh, we'll join you in a couple of years to see how this goes. Because you, you obviously didn't know uh, how long it would last at the time, right? Well, let, let me let me just put it to you this way. Um, I had done the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, and back in the late 1970s, early 1980s, if you did an appearance on the Tonight Show, that meant your career was going places. And what happened was the day after, well, actually, it was, I appeared on, I think, on a Friday, and I heard on Monday morning from a personal manager. And I knew this personal manager because she used to be a casting director who had cast me on Alice a couple of times. And um, she said, I want to represent you. And I figured, this is it. My career is taking off. And she spent the next year turning work down for me until she managed to poison my name with pretty much every casting director in Hollywood. So when hey, Bozo came feeling. along... Yeah. I know the feeling. So, <laughs> <laughs> so basically, um, when the job came along, this was, this was a, uh, a pretty much a lifeline. And so, uh, yes, we, we, we jumped at it. Uh, Joey, you already started. Or can I refuse... Uh, or can I re- or can I call you Bozo the Con? How would you like me to address you? Because I want—I don't you want to just call that. me Joey. I'm not sitting here in a wig. <laughs> okay. Now I got to ask you about but, that. Then, uh, uh, then Matthias is going to ask you a few questions. Uh, how okay. long? How long were you in makeup for the show? And did you do your own makeup or start doing your own makeup and finally have a makeup artist? Or how long were you do? Did you have to do makeup before the show? 
Well, when I when I went for the auditions, they hired a makeup artist to do the makeup. Then once they hired me, I got there about oh a good three or four weeks before my, my first show, and I spent a few hours every day practicing the makeup to get it right. And uh, so that was it. I, I did my own makeup. Um, when we started doing the show, uh, we were doing two shows a day, three days a week, and they were. And um, I would get into makeup around seven thirty, eight o'clock, and I would be out of makeup by around four o'clock in the afternoon because we 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 would have to rehearse and then bring in an audience and then shoot the show and then we would rehearse the second show and then bring in the audience again. So it was a pretty full day, but that was three days a week when I first started doing the show. So if you had to, would you remember how to put on the makeup to this day? Or are you not allowed to do that anymore? Well, it's not that I'm not allowed to. Um, I don't have any of the costume pieces. I don't own the shoes, the jacket, the the pants, the wig, uh, the gloves. All of that belong to WGN, and that's at the Broadcast Museum in Chicago, Illinois. The only thing I still have is my uh, is my nose. <laughs> well, no, like if you uh, if you uh, had to do like the face paint, would you, you'd be re- you'd remember how to do that? Oh yeah, I can easily do that. It's a it's not a very difficult makeup to do. <laughs> Uh, Joey Duarte is our guest here. We're on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we got uh, 30 minutes here left with Joey, and I wish it were 30 years because we have so much to cover in so little time. Uh, but, Matthias, I believe that both of the car was part of your childhood as well, and I think uh, you modeled one of your uh, moves after him called the, uh, the uh, Clown Splat or something. Clown well, I guess splat. well, I guess I'll just go with my usual intro. Well, I got right, interested. Uh, um, uh, go ahead. Let's skip this because we want to get more time in with him. So he's already heard it, but just so ask the questions. Then we'll we'll let you do it twice next week. Well, I'll just ask one question because I know Icon's got a ton of questions for you. I'll because this is kind of his uh, big interview tonight. So I'll just ask my main question <laughs> to you, and that would be, you know. Um, as Bozo the Clown, as a performer and stuff like that, being on TV and all this kind of stuff, did you see yourself still, no matter how many years you were in the industry and stuff, um, did you ever experience having uh, performance anxiety where you literally just could not go out there for a little bit or before the lights hit you, were you getting really nervous to the point where, like, your makeup started to bleed out or anything like that? No, not while I was doing the show. No, not at all. Um, the the truth of the matter is, I was having so much fun working with Roy Brown, who played Cookie the Clown, and then later on with Michael Immel and uh, Robin Urich and Andy Trent. We were having so much fun, there was never any anxiety whatsoever. We were having a great time. Okay, that's great. In fact, there, there were a couple of times, believe it or not, I'd, I'd be backstage with Roy Brown, who played Cookie, and we were getting ready to go on, and Roy would turn to me and he'd say, "Beats working for a living, don't it?" <laughs> Very true. Now, was that was that a jelly donut or a glazed donut? Jelly okay. donut or glazed? Okay, sorry, I well, missed well, something. No. Well, he said uh, he said it beats it beats working for a living, donut, and I said, was that a glazed donut or a jelly donut? Uh, 
Oh, I'm so glad you have your own sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Diari is our guest here. we got uh, 28 minutes here with our buddy, and uh, now I'm going to ask you some more questions. And then uh, I'll tell you what, I know you don't, probably don't want to talk all about Bozo, but like I say, i, I got to tell you, when I was a kid, uh, I tried to get tickets for the Bozo show to come see you on the show. And when we called to get tickets, there was, I guess, like a five- or six-year waiting list. And I'm like, really? Can, do, you, do you have any insight on that? I'm sure you do. Can you explain that, why that was? And basically, it was as much year waiting list, which is why somebody, Bob played Bozo the Clown from the 60s until 1984, um, he he had some health problems. He had a, a heart aneurysm and uh, just had to retire. But it would have been a public relations nightmare for WGN if they had just canceled the show and they had a 10-year waiting list. Now, let's get back to that 10-year waiting list. This was not done solely because, the, um, because of all of the people who wrote in. It was because... What they should have done was we're taking, we're taking orders for Bozo tickets right in, and once they got the right amount of tickets they got for one year, they should have said, we're stopping taking uh, ticket requests, wait, wait until next year, and we will we'll tell you when to write in again. But they never did that. <laughs> so what happened was more and more tickets would come in, and they ended up filling up filing cabinets with tickets ticket requests, and they would have to file them, and they started filing them by year. So by the time I got there, there was a 10-year wait list. Wow. Yeah. You know, one thing, one thing I was going to ask you, you know, um, a, a couple of things that were always uh, a big segment on the show, you know, you always used to show cartoons uh, in between segments. You know, you'd have the grand prize game, and then you have, like, little skits, and then you'd, you'd show uh, cartoons and everything. One thing I always want to know is when they used to show the old Bozo the, show, uh, Bozo the Clown cartoons, how come you never revoiced those as with your voice? Uh, because that would have cost money, and WGN was really adverse to that. <laughs> All right. Now, when you yeah. um, now, that's an interesting thing because when I was a kid and I watched a Bozo show in New York where I grew up, I always noticed that the voice was different between the actor playing Bozo uh, on the show and the cartoons. We never ran the Bozo cartoons uh, in the 17 years that I was on the show. I think they ran them while Bob Bell was doing the, the show, but by the time I came along, they were running uh, G.I. Joe and Transformer cartoons. And Bugs Bunny, too, I think. They did those, but those were during, I think that was on the Ray Rayner show. Um, they did have a few of those early on, but eventually we started just running the Transformer and, and G.I. Joe's because uh, we were getting those cartoons for free from Hasbro. And some of the other packages of uh, cartoons that would run within the show cost the station money. All right. We have uh, Joey Diari's, I guess, here. We've got about uh, 24 minutes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend four more minutes on Bozo, and then we'll ask you about some of your other projects. Uh, and I guess uh, one of our 
one of our listeners actually sent in a uh, a, a question. We'll ask that uh, in a little bit. Now, uh, there's a couple of movies that uh, I was going to ask you about if you if you saw them, if you heard the lines. Uh, one was the movie uh, Quiz Show, and uh, they were talking about uh, to. Um, <laughs> Uh, 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 Van Dorn, and uh, they were talking about Joe DiMaggio, and uh, he was talking about what he did for a professor, and they said, well, do you know how much money Bozo the Clown makes? And he's like, well, we all can't be Bozo the Clown. So let me ask you this. Uh, did you did you see that line? Did you see the movie? And uh, yes, I if did. you did, were you with your wife, and did you say, so, honey, how much do you make? No, she never asked how much I made, which was good. <laughs> Are you there? As, as, as long as I was making the house payments, everyone was happy. All right. And then the other thing I was going to ask about is in the movie Home Alone 2, uh, they uh, they were talking to Kevin, and uh, she they said uh, uh, Aunt Fluffy or whatever her name was sent you something to play with in the pool. And she said he said Donald Duck slippers? No, an inflatable clown to play with in the pool. It was actually a, a Bozo the Clown blow-up doll that they actually used uh, in the shower scene when uh, Tim Curry came in and he was trying to scare him off. It was actually a Bozo the Clown uh, a blow-up uh, thing. Do you remember selling those? And uh, were they made when you were Bozo or were they before that? Um, I, well, the inflatable Bozo the Clown, are you talking a lot about the punching bag? Well, no, it was, was like, like so, a I, I guess it was like like an inflatable Bozo the Clown. I don't think it was a punching bag. It was like more like a inflatable stand-up, a life-size Bozo the Clown that he uh, used oh, okay. in the shower, and it looked like there was somebody in there, but it was actually Bozo the Clown. An inflatable. Yeah, you know, I do vaguely remember that in the movie. Um, uh, we never, we never had those things on the show. We never. We never had any real Bozo merchandise. I think at one point we were giving away a set of Bozo uh, cutlery for very for a, like for a small child, child size uh, knife and fork and spoon. Uh, we I think we gave those away for a while, and I think that's the only Bozo related product that I can recall uh, during my 17 years on the show. And there was one other item that she used to give away in the grand prize game, and. Uh... It was the Marshall Brodeen magic set. Can you tell us who Marshall Brodeen is? Well, Marshall Brodeen, Marshall Brodeen was an, I believe, an internationally known magician. He um, he made his fortune on the TV magic cards, which uh, you used to be able to buy those at county fairs, and back then they were called the Svengali deck, and um, that's the one where you shuffle them one way, and it's a full deck of cards. You shuffle them another way, and they're all ace of spades, that kind of thing. Right, right. And um, now, it was called was a, Wizzle, a shaved right? deck. Yeah, that was Wizzo. And um, he, he made, a, he made a, a sizable fortune selling those on television back in the uh, 60s. Um, he later on branched out to small magic kits that he, w- that he put his name on. And then what he would do is he would go to Las Vegas and he would produce magic kits for some of the big Vegas uh, magicians. He put together a magic kit for Siegfried and Roy. He did a magic kit for uh, Lance Burton, uh, things like that, things that would be produced, and then they would sell them in the gift shops at the various 
hotels in Las Vegas where these magicians would be doing their shows. And they would get a cut, and Marshall would get paid for producing and uh, manufacturing those kits. So, yeah, he had a very profitable uh, magic business. Now, you, you've done uh, – uh, we'll, 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 we'll curb Bozo here for a little while, and then we'll talk about some of the other uh, stuff that uh, you've done. You were also known as a voice actor, and I, and I can understand oh. if you can't do the voices of some of your characters, but one of my favorite characters of all will always be Droopy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did uh, Butch the uh, Alley Cat in the Tom and Jerry show. And uh, there were a couple of uh, episodes where they did throw in Droopy, and uh, I would basically just show up and go, you know what? I'm happy. (laughs) Things like that. (laughs) And uh, you also did, uh, you've also been involved in some of the other cool stuff that uh, Matthias would be in, like uh, Blue Dragon, uh, Dragon Dogma, uh, Yokio Watch, uh, Batman Arkham. Uh, you, you've done a lot of uh, you've done a lot of voiceovers. Now, do you have um, uh, do you ever uh, invent the voices, or uh, do they, they come to you and say, "Hey, we have this character. Can you uh, come up with a voice for this character?" Well, you know that that's basically what happens is that uh, my agent would send me a um, uh, an audition, and they would have dialogue, and sometimes it would be a picture of the character. Sometimes there wouldn't. But you'd read what the character was, and you would, um, and you would, you know, do your best shot, put it on tape. Well, tape. You you uh, <laughs> you would record it online and send it to them. I actually, I'm old enough that I actually did auditions on tape long ago. But uh, for instance, there was one show called the Mister Men Show, and um, I I did I auditioned for uh, Mister Rude. <clears throat> And then Mr. Rude had a French accent. And um, then there was a Mr. Persnickety and uh, Mr. Scatterbrain. And uh, those were just voices that I just threw out. And uh, I did those actually at a live audition. Uh, I went into the uh, studio with the producers. You know, the producers were there in the booth, and uh, they would throw characters at me, and I would just come up with different voices. Uh, Joey Diardi is our guest here. We've got about uh, 18 minutes with it. I know I said this before. I wish we were 18 more years. And for those of you who go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, like that. Go to 89.1 Kids FM page, like that. We'll get you qualified to win an automatic uh, autograph picture from past guests, current guests, and future guests. And uh, Mr. Diaria has sent us some, and we'll be giving those away uh, in our summer show. So stick around for that. Now, you have been, I do believe, uh, one of the few that's actually hit all the major uh, nighttime hosts, Dave Letterman, uh, Jay Leno, and uh, Johnny Carson. Uh, not too many people can say that. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, 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 was, it was pretty wild. Um, I was working at a – the reason why I missed your last show, when you, you originally invited me out to be on the show, but I couldn't because I had to go out of town. Uh, I had to attend a memorial service for a very good friend, Milt Larson. He's the man who created the Magic Castle in Hollywood. Very, very well-known private club for magicians. And he also had a vaudeville club down in downtown Los Angeles called the Variety Arts Center. 
And I did a lot of work for Milt. And um, I don't know where I was going with this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Milt was the one that basically got me to audition for uh, Jim McCulley, who was Johnny Carson's casting director. Um, I had started work there uh, at the Variety Arts Center as a waiter. And Milt Larson showed up with a whole bunch of uh, important television people that he had with him. Because at the time, Milt was the head writer on this Jim Neighbors talk show. The, the actor Jim Neighbors, who played Gomer Pyle, he had a talk show for a brief time in the uh, early 1980s. And I was waiting on their table, and I was serving their drinks. And as I'm serving the drinks, Jim Neighbors says to Milt, so what's the name of this funny act that you want to book on the show? And Milt said, oh, yes, I've got to call into Chuck Barris. I'm trying to find this guy. Uh, his name is El Flamo. And I almost <laughs> dropped my tray of drinks. And I said, excuse me. And they all looked at me, and I went, are you talking about the guy that burns his hand to smoke gets in your eyes? And Milt went, yes. And I went, ah, he's not called El Flamo. He's called Dr. Flamo. And Milt said, yes, do you know him? And I said, sir, I am him. And Milt turned to Jim Neighbors and said, only in Hollywood can the actor you're looking for be your waiter. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, Joey, you always <laughs> are guest here. We've got, we got 11 minutes here left. Uh, now, uh, one thing I, I, I am kind of curious, you know, you, uh, I believe you did the, uh, you did both of the con, was it for, was it for 10 years, 12 years, or 14 years? Which was it? 17 years. 17 years. Now, being yeah. Bozo, uh, you know, with, uh, how, holidays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, uh, Halloween, whatever, it didn't matter. You never had any time off, did you? <clears throat> well, actually, no. I actually had a lot of time off. We, we would take breaks during, uh, during the various holidays, like Thanksgiving and, uh, and Easter and Christmas and so on. Um, we would start filming the shows in late August. And I think... By the time we moved to being just a Sunday show, we were now working Monday through Friday, and we would tape one show a day, and we would, and we would uh, keep going uh, and going until we had so many shows in the bank, so to speak. Not only would we cover every Sunday for the entire you know, uh, taping season, we would have enough for them to use during the rest of the, like we would finish our season by around oh my goodness let's see we'd start in uh, August we would be finished by around late January early February and then I would be off uh, March April May June and July and not go back to work until August. Well, what I mean, like uh, like I'm sure you had to do like personal appearances and stuff, right? Like going like on parades and like stuff like that. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, we, we, we would do the parades. We did the Bud Billiken Parade, the Columbus Day Parade, the uh, St. Patrick's Day Parade. We did the, the, uh, uh, the Brock uh, Christmas Parade. Yeah, we did, we did a lot of parades. Um, did you do Macy's? I think one of my – pardon? Did you do Macy's? Macy's? No, that would be in New York. We only, we only handled the parades in Chicago. Okay. The reason why I was asking is, like, you know, in Chicago – 
uh, like if you're doing like a Christmas raid, I know it kind of gets kind of cold, but did you ever uh, have like like the make of like freeze up on you being in like a, a winter parade? Uh, no, no, the makeup wouldn't freeze up because it was grease paint. In fact, it was sort of like uh, the English Channel swimmers. They would cover their bodies with grease before they hopped into the uh, into the uh, into the into the water to, to to swim the English Channel. All right, now we. I so want to. I want to talk about a couple sad things. Well, sorry, I want to talk about a couple. I want to talk about a couple sad things, uh, and I'll understand okay. if you don't want to talk about them. But uh, when you found out that the show had was not going to be removed, I'm not going to use the C word because we we might get that C word here at any time in our show. But uh, when you when you found out you were when you found out you weren't getting renewed, you were obviously devastated. I mean, could could it have continued on, or do you think it had just run its course? Well, to be perfectly honest. I think that the show could have I think the show could have done a few more years. I really do. We had gotten to a point where we now had a really good system and uh, we had a director who was really behind us. We had a great relationship with our cameramen and stagehands and I was writing most of the scripts by this time and we were having a lot of fun. But the truth of the matter is television shows like Bozo just aren't done anymore. And I'm even going back 20 years ago. By in the in the early 2000s, um, no one was doing uh, in-house, locally produced kids shows, because by then we were moving into the cable age, and we were having competition against things like the Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon and uh, all of those uh, other, you know, Disney Channel. All of these shows that were producing uh, really. Um, first-rate, high-quality um, children's programming. And we were, we were just kind of old-fashioned. The, the, the kind of shows that we did on, uh, on the Bozo Show, well, that harkens back to the 1950s when, when television stations were first uh, coming online. Now, one thing uh, that's true, now I'm going to ask uh, Matthias here a trivia question, and, and then uh, uh, Mr. Diari, you can fill in the blanks. Hey, uh, Matthias, do you know who happens to own the Bozo show now? Who owns the rights to it? <laughs> I do not. Uh, well, let me give you a hint. He's a former WCW world champion under Vince Russo. <laughs> no idea. David Arquette owns the rights to the Bozo show. Oh wow! Interesting. So oh, does that probably mean... one of the, the one of the Go principal ahead. actors in the uh, in 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 the um, uh, in the, what's oh the scare scream scream series? Yeah. Now, do you think uh, uh, now? With that being said, does this uh, have you heard if Bozo's going to be making the comeback? Possibly. We hope. Well, believe it or not, while I was in while I was in Los Angeles uh, a couple of months ago. While I was in Los Angeles, uh, I met with David Arquette, and I spent a, a whole afternoon with him. And uh, basically, he was just interviewing me, kind of like what you're doing, uh, because he's producing a documentary on clowns. But one of the things that we did talk about, and he says he couldn't talk much about it because, you know, the actor's strike is still going on right now. 
but he's he's working with a writer and he's talking about wanting to produce a bozo movie. Now you're going to be in that, right? Well, I don't know. I'd like to. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know anything else about it. And and he was pretty. Um, he was pretty uh, close, keeping it close to the vest. He didn't want to. He didn't want to talk too much about it. But uh, he has stated that he would like to work with me, and I know that I would certainly like to work with him. And then maybe he can hook us up with him too. Uh, that would be that'd be awesome. <laughs> Now, uh, one thing about it, uh, Mr. Diaria, is uh, you you uh, actually uh, uh, have a, a beard, uh, not a beard, but a mustache, right? A nice, cute white yes. mustache, right? Now, let me ask you this: Are you going to be uh, if you get to put the uh, makeup back on again and be bozo for this project? Are you going to do the Caesar Romero thing? <laughs> no, because Caesar Romero had a very thin, close cropped mustache. Mine is kind of walrusy looking, but no. If if I had to be in a situation where I had to be in clown makeup, I would shave off the mustache, uh, it, you know, because it would eventually grow back. Now you you do you do want to play get, have the opportunity to play Bozo one more time, right? Well, I know I, would, I want I to do it. Play, I would say I would say that in this stage of the game, I don't know what role would be open to me. But if they were going to do uh, a, a new movie with Bozo, I think they would probably go with a much younger man than me. That's awesome. Now, if our fans want to check you out, uh, and don't don't go away yet because we still got five minutes here with you, but so we can do this. If our fans want to check you out and see, do you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch? I'm never going to answer Icon's phone call again. What do you got? Uh, I well, I do have a Facebook. I do have a Facebook page. And um, <clears throat> and uh, I am working on on putting together a um, I am well working on putting together a uh, what do you call it um, uh, a website I'm, I'm I'm looking to do a web page so hopefully I'll I'll get that up probably within the next several months I'm working on that. <laughs> All right, and then uh, Joe Diari is our guest here. we got uh, five minutes left, and uh, like I said, I'm going to get emotional now here because I'm going to try not to, but I don't think I can help it. Because um, I want to thank you, sir, because you – I'm sorry. I'm getting emotional. I'm sorry. You know, you were part of my childhood. Uh, it was you, Mr. Rogers, uh, Big Bird, uh, you know, uh Mr. Wizard uh, and and Beekman, uh, you know uh, Beekman's world. I love now, Beekman's I, world. You know, I, I've only got to I've only got to talk to uh, up until this point. I only got to talk to uh, one of my heroes, which is Beekman. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, Mr. Rogers passed away. The closest I got to Mr. Rogers was Mr. McFeely. Uh, you were part of my childhood. I finally got to talk to you. I, I still probably get to talk to Big Bird, but who knows. And, uh, of course, uh, I, I met Mr. Wizard when I was five, but it was just to get an autographed picture. But, right. you know, you By have the way, been... the actor who played ahead, Big Bird was also Bozo the Clown. Really? Yeah. Uh, what's his name? I, Skinny? Uh, I, I forget his name. But, yeah, before he became Big Bird, he, uh, he, he had been a Bozo the Clown in New York. I, I had no idea. That's awesome. Oh. And, it's, and it's funny because I, I always thought there was only two bozos, you and uh, uh, 
Bob, uh, the, the Bob, Bob Bell? whatever his name was. Yeah, right. Well, I thought the there was only is, well, There were bozo shows from Maine to California. Uh, when Larry Harmon acquired the rights from Capitol Records in the uh, 1950s, television stations needed to produce uh, a kid show because in order to keep your FCC license uh, to have a television station, you had to produce so many hours of news, so many hours of community service uh, broadcasting, and so many hours of children's television. And so uh, lots of stations started producing their own in-house kid shows. Some stations had uh, spacemen. Some people had cowboys. Um, one show that I believe that was on longer than Bozo was, I think, in Delaware. And uh, I, I, I don't know the name, but the fellow was a Native American, and he played an Indian chief on a, um, on a, on a, on a Delaware kids show. And uh, I think that show was on for over 50 years. Wow. And I, I, I still say Bozo the Clown should still be on today. We, we only got about... Uh, we only got about 120 seconds with you, sir. And uh, uh, I guess you you can lead us in the grand march. I'll go get the the, the stick. But uh, you have been so wonderful, <laughs> sir. And if we could, I would love to have you back on again. And I'll understand if you turn me down for that. But I cannot tell you what an honor it has been. For, to have you on the show, and when when we had to postpone it, I did everything I could. I, I I didn't care what I had to do to get you back on the show, and I would love to have you back on again if you'd uh, be willing to grace us uh, again. I would I would I would love to I would love to. Right now, what I'm currently working on uh, is that um and this I have to say is thanks to David Arquette, is that I am now able to appear at uh, Comic Cons. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, just a few weeks ago, I was in Wheaton, Illinois, uh, at the uh, the Wheaton All Night uh, Comic Con and Flea Market. Uh, I was at a Comic Con in West Virginia. In fact, uh, next month I'm going to be in Oregon, and then uh, I'm also going down to uh, uh, Big Spring, Texas. So uh, I'm I'm starting to. Uh, I'm starting to, to to get on the road and uh, and to see people all over the country who hopefully watched me on WGN. And I want to pass your number one to the Comic Con that happens here. I want to get you here. I would I would love it. All right. Well, uh, unfortunately, sir, we got about uh, thirty seconds left before they kick us off. But you have been so wonderful, sir. I do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. Uh, I will be uh, I will be contacting you uh, sometime this week because there's a few things I want to ask you. But you have been so wonderful, uh, folks. Until uh, next week, remember it's not goodbye; it's just good night. Uh, love each other, care for each other. See us uh, every week, Monday to uh, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. every Monday night here on 89.1 Kids FM. Until then, we love you. Be safe. We'll see you next week. Take care. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me.